0: Wheels. Hot. Hot. real, real, real.
1: Wheels.
2: Hot wheels. Real, 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 real. Hot wheels. Real fast.
3: Cars and tracks each sold separately. Some cars not for use for some sets. Hot wheels from Mattel. Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. In case you haven't noticed, this episode is about Hot Wheels, and that
2: commercial existed when I was a kid, and it is awesome. Wow, that is quite
3: a commercial. Did you have uh, Hot Wheels when you were a kid, Of course.
2: I still, I believe, have just about all of my Hot Wheels downstairs in the basement somewhere. Do you have a favorite? I do now, looking back, it was the very first Hot Wheels I remember ever playing with. And it's a black 911 turbo, which really? makes it even cooler nice. looking back and be yeah. like, hey, I like those. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
3: My earliest memory is there was two. There was a, one of them just got reissued and it's a blue Jeep that had mud on the sides and had the bigger tires. Oh, cool. I don't remember. I don't know if that was Hot Wheels or Matchbox or whatever. It was one of the two. Yep. And then the other one was a uh, a Ford Woody. And it's, it's not a, I mean, it's not a really a cool car, but it's the one that I remember the most. Right. It's, well, that's what makes it cool. They made it from uh, uh, 1980 till 2015 and it's it's a wood oh, wow. paneled so a long... Ford yeah wood panel Ford wagon with a big motor with a blower on it sticking out of yeah. the hood and it had this cool thing where the the, the rake it was a, it was called a, a high raker Okay, uh, it, uh, on the on the Hot Wheels Wiki, which there is a Wiki of every Hot Wheels ever made, it says, "To termites, it is a meal on wheels, but to those of us with the wood grain on the brain, the Woody is a true taste of West Coast <laughs> surfer culture, conjuring images <laughs> of warm summer breezes, bikinis, and the sun setting onto the Pacific Ocean." That's it's impressive, definitely
2: conjures up some yeah. sort of image. The,
3: this is, uh, and then it goes on to say, "This casting was first released into the lineup in 1980 as a high raker." This was a special series that allowed the rear axle to change its height when pulled down, changing the angle of how the vehicle sits, giving it a raked hot rod appearance. Only the very first release of the 40s, Woody's had smooth side panels. All other versions released afterwards have a wood grain texture to the side panels, and that's the one that I have is the wood grain panel. But it had Uh,
2: the, the raker rear end?
3: Uh, Yes. Yes. And I still have it and the kids play with it and they move it around and stuff like that. It's, (laughs) it's lasted all these years. It's really, really cool. I also had a, I had micro machines. Oh, I had some too. Do you remember the guy from micro machines? No, I'm going to see if you remember him. I'm going to play you a clip.
1: I'm the Micro Machine Man, and I'm waiting to be launched out of the cannon. But first, let me tell you about another launcher. The Micro Machine's Power Launcher. With super storage for two unbelievably ultra-fast Micro Machines. Simply stop it to your wrist roll at the roadway ramp, pull back the power loader, then let it. rip. The totally terrific Micro Machine's Power Launcher. The only launch <laughs> Micro Machines from the Lube. And remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real thing.
2: Oh. <laughs> Wait, was, it, was that actually just Joel Fetter?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but
3: that was the guy. He was a,
2: I do every not micromach- remember that remember
3: at that? all. I no. The Micro Machines were rad. Also, I'm going to play you another clip. This oh, jeez. This was one of my most – I got this for uh, my birthday from my dad, and this was one of the coolest things ever.
0: Really? You are controlling the fastest train in the world, (laughs) the most revolutionary machine on tracks, the incredible Super Turbo Train. So fast it travels in scale beyond the speed of sound. So powerful it can do what no other train can do race up a wall defying gravity. Now the ultimate. You streak upside down through the giant loop. You turn out the lights and you're in night glow, streamlining the darkness. Take control of the fastest train in the world. Super Turbo Train. New from Tyco, of course so those well, are okay th-
2: i want one of those now whatever that, <laughs> I,
0: whatever that thing is i immediately
3: is? went on ebay that's right they're like it's 250 dollars now 250 dollars wow. for that set anyway so those are the three things that i played with, with it when i was a kid yeah the turbo train the little trigger thing on the electric uh tracks
2: sure and right. then i
3: had the micro machines Then i had the hot wheels yeah. and they had these orange tracks Oh yeah, and I don't know. I don't remember ever getting them, but they had these like uh, the character pieces. Yeah, but they were dark red. Okay, and they, I remember like blue and okay. white. I'm, I'm a little older than you, so they're yeah. probably different. So, and, and they would stick together. Yeah, and you could make. Then they were flexible. Yeah, so you of could course. make. Everybody's like, Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? I know exactly what you mean. I had these, but anyway. So what we would do is we would. I had a dresser. Yeah. And we would stick it in the top of the dresser, shut the drawer in the dresser, and yep. then have a ramp all the way down in the right. bedroom. And that's the way that you would do it. And we would,
2: and then you got to go downstairs and try to loop it around the all stairs. All over the place.
3: Yep. All over, You'd take the tracks outside and you oh, put them, yeah. and you'd have them go in dirt, and then you'd have them run over ants. So you'd put, like, ants on the track and not, run over them. We'd not do ant oh, yeah. runner. Nope. We'd, put them, we'd put them, we'd wait. We, my, <laughs> this my, explains so much, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So we would put the track <laughs> right next to an ant house, and whenever they would start walking over the track, we'd let the cars go, and then we'd run over the floor <laughs> (laughs) the the poor little ants anyway so um before we get into our interview with Dima who is the design manager at Hot Wheels he has
2: probably the coolest job it is the coolest job I really want Dima's job he is is the chief designer or not chief but the design manager at the Hot
3: Wheels core team and it's 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 a killer job and he's got a killer history and it's and it's a great interview we also have Luke who is a uh Hot Wheels uh, customizer right. coming on the podcast right after Dima, so it's it's packed with Hot Wheels today. Uh, we got a customizer, and we got the guy that's in charge of designing all the Hot Wheels. Killer uh killer interviews. We hope you guys really enjoy it. Before we get to that, what have you got for us?
2: Yeah, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Petrolbox. Petrolbox is a monthly subscription service specifically made for the automotive enthusiast. Each month they carefully select items including tools, detailing supplies, apparel, garage gear, stickers, publications. I think they've easily put some Hot Wheels in past boxes. Have they? I believe so. Yeah. Uh they actually send all a, of that. I got a flask this time too It was yeah. so cool—the little flashy. jerry can flask. It's you're never gonna use that, but wife. I will. My wife
3: took it immediately.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's all over that. There was some really cool stuff. Yeah, i have gotten some cool shirts lately. It's, yep. it's been good. It's been good. It's really cool stuff. It's kind of like the latest and greatest new stuff in the industry. They pack it up, send it right there to your doorstep every single month. There's two different levels to choose from. The petra Box Basic is you twenty remember, bucks
3: a month. Do you remember when a package used to come come in the mail and you didn't know what it is and you were excited to open it?
2: Oh, so excited! It, it's not and, that and you with, with Amazon. We, you know what's i was coming. gonna say we've gotten spoiled yeah. because first of all you get a heck of a lot more packages today yep. than you ever did growing up I'm always up. excited to see the petrol box because
3: I don't know what's in there and that's it's what's cool about yeah, it it's always good
2: yep uh they also have the petrol box premium which gives you even more gear for 39.95 a month don't forget that if you use the code overcrest you get six dollars off your first order so head to mypetrolbox.com and check them out today all right, here's our
3: interview with Dima, the design manager at the Hot Wheels core team. Hope you guys enjoy it. We'll see you on the other side. Dima, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm, I'm so glad that you're here with us to talk about, you know, something that has been close to my heart for ever since I can remember being a little boy. I remember the I remember one of my earliest memories is with a Hot Wheels, with, with a cast diecast car. Same with me. And uh, I'm really happy you're here to talk to us about it.
0: Well, thank you guys for having me on your podcast. It's literally a pleasure, and and it's always fun to share, um, you know, insights of uh, our industry with with fans.
3: Before we get into Hot Wheels, I need to know what does a Hot Wheels designer now? You're the you're the manager of the design team. Um, what do you drive? What's in your garage? That's that's important. We got to know.
0: Well, I'm a '90s kid, so I stuck in '90s. Um, I have a. Uh, 90s Land Rover Defender and uh, you know last of air cooled Porsches.
2: Oh,
3: all right. right. So what do what do you drive daily?
0: (laughs) Uh, Exactly, those are the two daily drivers. Well, actually, one of them. Um, I used to have. uh, I'm very passionate about electric cars, and I used to have uh, Fiat 500, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, so, uh, lease expired and then I couldn't make a decision. So now, uh, I literally, well, nowadays I don't drive anything, uh, since we're working from home, but, uh, Porsche was the daily driver for last, I would say probably since uh, nine, uh, maybe 08, 09, I think 08. So that's amazing.
3: Th- As a lover of electric cars, does anything excite you right now? That's, that's out and about anything that you'd want to drive instead of the 911? Or are you thinking of, do you like the Taycan? Do you... Are you looking at maybe a, a retrofit of an electric motor into an air-cooled car? Does that th- do anything for you?
0: You guys strike in literally uh, a, a, an area where it can literally take four hours. Um, <laughs> That's all right; we it, got plenty it, of time. <laughs> it, it is it, it is an exciting uh, time we're living in. Um, you know, obviously, the electric cars are bringing such a new uh, phase of, of automotive industry, and you know, we, you know it, it's introducing completely new world. Uh, of performance and it's unfortunate because you know for a while I, I, I literally thought that you know my car is some obsessed right it's it's 90s car so it has <laughs> some kind of performance um but it's literally it is dwarfed by you know electric cars um yeah. but yes it does it does have characteristics that uh, electric cars don't do and 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 seems to me that maybe electric cars will eventually become sort of uh, I don't want to offend anybody, you know, like you know, any OEMs because we are partners with all of them. But they sort of become a, a tool, right? And that's that's why uh, I, I, almost like a house houseplant. Um, I had my Fiat 500, and let me tell you, this was probably the most absolute uh, uh, best EV that's that's you know out there, right? Uh, look, it's not the most sophisticated, don't, don't, sophisticated. Don't get me wrong, but it is um, it is a tool, right? Uh, and you know we are as, as for daily driving to commute from uh home to work it, it does work perfectly you know it's small it's nimble i never had issues parking it because it fits anywhere uh it's 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 quite fast for what it is well, and, think you know, about this. It like it, when
3: I look at my '72 911 in stock form, or even Jake. Jake has a '70 911, and you know because it says '70 911 on the, license, <laughs> on the license plate. But it's a 911 yeah. T, which would have had like 120, 130 horsepower, and was a sports car, right? And now if you go out and drive around, this dude, there's a guy with a 2002 uh, Accord V6. That will blow your doors off. It'll probably <laughs> do better on the skid pad, probably brake faster. I mean, probably better gas mileage. <laughs> better gas mileage, and it's got Bluetooth and everything else. So yeah, I mean, there's. It just depends on on what you're after for for the goal of the vehicle that
0: you're in. Exactly, and a lot of us car guys, obviously, when this podcast, it is we're looking for that that you know that, that visceral experience, right? That I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I got in my car, when I get in my car in either of them. That, that smell of the funky '90s smell and it's a mixture of you know old plastics, uh, oils and you know brake fluid. It literally brings me back to my childhood, like when I would get in my uh, dad's Russian car. It's literally just moments. And 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 you know, as, as little kids, most of us we were obsessed with uh, our dad's cars. We would get in them, we would slip in them, you know, take naps in them, play in them, right? right. Uh, and that's literally what happened to my kids. Uh, I I have a two and a half year old. And we, for the last six months of quarantine, we know that this uh, pandemic, we've been literally uh, using Defender as a playpen. <laughs> Believe me or not, my kids would get into it. I would grab an iPad and I would be on, on, on uh, emails and my kids would spend easily an hour, hour and a half. So it's almost like a daily routine.
3: That's, that's, so, that's incredible. So yes. where, where, did you, when, where were you a kid? So obviously you're not from here. We can tell just by, by listening to your, to your diction. But where did you grow up?
0: Oh, really? I thought I don't have an accent. You know, I usually <laughs> use. I well, we, have, we have a Minnesota ladies. accent, so <laughs> everybody's <laughs> got one. It
3: just depends on where you're from. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, no, I I was born in Eastern Europe, in Ukraine. Okay, so
3: what was you know what kind of toys did you have when you were growing up as a little boy? Did you have cars? I mean. If you grew up, uh, that's kind of, if you grew up, at, uh, I don't want to date you too much, but if you grew up in the 80s, early 90s, I mean, you were talking kind of into the Cold War type of era.
0: Maybe things weren't super uh, prosperous. Absolutely. What, what was it like? Look, we had uh, pretty much all the tours of that era. We didn't have hot wheels, So I was ex- exposed to hot wheels probably in my early teens when I, I have relatives in in, in U.S. that uh, they immigrated in the late 90s, 70s. And so uh that's where you know they brought in the first Hot Wheels. And and now I'm looking back, I think those were Micebox actually. Um uh, but yes, we had you know, we had die cast cars, uh I, I gotta tell you that a, a lot of uh toys in that era just just probably like like US, you know, it's almost like you know old craftsman tools. They're solid, they're they you know, they're they're bulletproof and they will last, you know, uh they will last for years. Right. So the same sort of thing is that they were kind of durable uh quality choice, uh maybe not uh, as huge variety as uh, western world but you know we've had plenty were they they
3: manufactured locally was it more of like a local enterprise like you didn't have a huge you know mattel or whatever making you know hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. of these cars was it like dudes just like in their little metal shop when they weren't making things that they just decided to make die cast cars on the side or what kind of production was it
0: Oh, oh no! You know the the Soviet uh, Soviet Union had pretty sophisticated uh, you know toy industry. So um, we've had uh, maybe uh, as I said variety. Maybe wasn't as, as huge as uh, maybe you know in Europe or the uh, US, but you know the industry was huge. So dolls, everything, everything existed. Everything was in you know uh, a good quality and uh, very durable. Uh, they probably used a very durable lead based based paint you know uh, so that's why you're so yeah, creative but, uh, i i think that's a little bit of chernobyl maybe to, to make sure uh, when did you come to the united states
3: uh let me see 95 so were you driving at that point had you been driving like what was your car life like as a as a young boy what were you riding around in was there cars available to everybody or was you know we because as yeah. americans we have this Perspective of the Cold War Soviet Union, where there's jokes about you know you have to wait twenty years for the plumber to show up at your house, and if you're going to get a car, (laughs) you're never going to have a car. What was it really like in terms of the car world there?
0: It's not it's not quite like that. Uh, You know, we don't have bears um, as as a lot of people would uh, would assume. Um, No, the the plumbers, you know, it it was everything was state based, so um, some things did work better, maybe some things not uh, as, as, as efficient. But, uh, yes, uh, I think just like in Europe, maybe uh, then, uh, the cars, we didn't have, you know, uh, cars in every household. So, all, all, you know, some households had them. Uh, the cars were a big deal back then, you know, talking, talking about 70s, 80s. Uh, my, my dad was a car guy, so he had, uh, you know, the, the Russian version of F100, it 500, slightly larger. Uh, I think they just replicated and just scaled up. And then uh, we had a couple of other uh, Russian cars. So. Uh, and, and also, if I look back then, it, it, every time we would go to uh, outside of town, my dad would let me drive the car. So I, I, once we know that, OK, we passed the, uh, the, the the cup station, the, the local police station, then, you know, like an open highway, get on and drive. I was maybe in my early teens, so I would just get in and drive. And, and of course, I would, he would always let me drive around the um, uh, sort of vacation house uh, on out, outskirts of the city. So it was. I was a car guy. I like to help him. I like to work in it. Um, it was fun. It was fun. I, I definitely more hands-on versus, uh, you know, like computers are probably a little bit of a, of, a, of a challenge for me. But everything the mechanical, I am I'm not afraid to to challenge.
3: Was it were you working on the car? You, so you did like a lot of the only repairs in the family with your dad, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yes, my dad actually, uh, and I don't know if it, 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 I, I tend to believe that a lot of uh, you know people from post-Soviet territory they they sort of knew how to fix everything. Uh, and my dad was a quite good mechanic, so and he he actually was a designer. But uh, a lot of times I remember when he would work in the garage, mechanics would come by and ask him how to do certain things. So I, I give you one example. Uh, we were going to visit our, our friends in vacation uh, home, and I believe uh, uh, one of the I think uh, second or third gears on the transmission failed, and so basically all the bearings pretty much came out with oil. Uh, so we had on the fifth gear, and we pretty much coasted in, in in fifth gear down to the destination. But then uh, in a the, in a typical 80s, uh, 90s, 70s rally style. We flipped the car almost on the side. He took out transmission. Uh, he couldn't find needle bearings. So what he did is he went. To, we went to the uh, hardware store. He picked up the nails that were matching the needles inside the bearing. Uh, I filed them. We cut them. We, uh, we placed them in, and then we drove like that for the next uh, two weeks until you guys he made your own her. needle bearings. <laughs> uh, he he replaced the needles in the bearing. Just just you know, basically put nails. It's you know, and, and and so it worked. Um, I, I remember my very first experience when I came to States in was 95, I picked up uh, my very first car was the uh, 83 Nissan Maxima station wagon. I think it was back then it was still called Datsun because I think one, one of the badges was Datsun and another was, was Nissan. Um, <laughs> I love that car. <laughs> I still think I'm like I, I, I want to get it because it's one of those things. It's my first experience in U.S. I'm, I'm 20 and then here I I, I owe this uh very meticulously maintain uh, 83 maximum station wagon. It wasn't nothing fancy, but I made it sort of like a little bit of Um And so I imagine coming the, like
3: was it was it kind of like you know when you have this old picture of um, Nikita Khrushchev and he's looking yeah. at the at the grocery store in the United States uh-huh. when he came to visit Reagan. I don't know if you've ever seen this photo, but he's standing I, I, I think there, in. yeah, and there's food everywhere, and he was like blown away by the amount of food that was everywhere. And maybe that's propaganda. I have no idea. Probably is it, a little bit of propaganda, it, but yes, yes. as a car guy, sense, yes. did you come here and go, "Holy shit! Look at all these cars! <laughs> They're everywhere! There's like Nissans and Chevys and Fords and Dotsons and Toyotas and everything." Was it just overwhelming?
0: If I were to come, maybe in late '80s, when uh, when the border, the I the border opened up around like '89 or so, when basically by '91 Ukraine got independent from the whole Soviet Union, uh, um, and basically. Uh, with that, we got a lot of uh, uh, vehicles from Japan, a lot of vehicles from Europe. If I would come maybe earlier, I may have, but because of our proximity to Europe, we've had all of the baddest, coolest uh, you know, Lauren uh, uh, AMGs, and, and and pretty much everything. Lauren, uh, you're mad yeah. after
3: my own heart. There. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah, you well, probably
0: saw the stuff that we didn't even get here. Yeah. What, whatever the trend is right now with the, you know, with the, and it's weird JDM, but whatever the trend right now with the 90s, uh, you know, the, the BMWs and Mercedeses, we had those cars you know, everywhere. And, and those were like top notch. Those um, are so
3: cool. I and love that stuff. They,
0: yes. Yes. So yes, I, we, we had a uh, quite good exposure to a lot of JDM products, obviously. Where's the Lorenzer Hot Wheels? From.
3: Come on. We're, that's like the S <laughs> class, like a, like a, like a, uh, you know, that just a 380 SC with the Lorenzer body kit. Let's do it. Let's get it done.
0: I know there, look, <laughs> the, the challenge for us, literally there, because there's so many cool cars, oh, right? Man. Thank goodness, but on, right? But obviously Obviously, yes, of course, but obviously there are, you know, the licensing obligations because we are licensed, uh, we have, you know, we are licensed partner with pretty much everyone. everyone. Right, right. So, you know, we have to do a certain amount of each and cool. So, so there's always a challenge. We're always pulling and pushing and arm wrestling and, and you know, fighting sometimes which card to put in right. um, because there's so many cool things, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a fun problem to have, but there's literally not enough time, not enough uh, castings, not enough uh, to, to do all the cool things.
3: So w- when you came here in the United States in the, in the 90s, did you know you were going to work at Hot Wheels? Did you come here for college? Or what was the... What was what was that time?
0: Uh, when I came, I came to uh, reunite with my family because, as, as I mentioned, my uncle came with his family earlier. Uh, and so, uh, basically, when I came in, I knew that I wanted to be a creative. Uh, and, uh, basically, I wanted to uh, do some kind of... Uh, because my dad came from design background, and I wanted to be a, a designer of sorts. I, I was open for you know, architecture, exterior, interior, product, uh, and just accidentally I get into the world of uh, you know automotive world, and that's uh, that led me to uh, our Center College of Design, and so forth. Uh, I had no plan. I, I'm gonna say it quietly. Um, I never planned to be in the toy industry. Um, I, I've 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 worked with uh, bigger companies, and then you know the big product. I'm always fascinated with you know big machines and uh, cars and trucks and planes and boats, and I have those in my portfolio, and then. Just purely by accident, I came. Uh, ran into my buddy, who's uh, Julian Mai, who's been uh, working for Mattel at that point for 10 so years. And then Mattel had an interesting project, uh, more more of entertainment. Um, and uh, my six-year span with the, uh, one of the EV startups then uh, just finished. And so uh, I decided, oh, let, let, let's try. Let's see how it goes. And that's, that's how I became uh, part of uh, Mattel's family.
3: I think if you would have planned yourself to have your dream job at six years old, it would probably be doing what you're doing right now. Almost any six-year-old boy would love to be doing what you're doing.
0: Uh, you got to tell you, I think a lot of six-year-olds draw cars. I remember I was drawing cars and I was obsessed with trucks and I still am. Uh, I find the 18-wheelers, the uh, especially, you know, there's such a huge variety of 18-wheelers uh, uh, overs in, in Europe. Uh, they're the most coolest. I think the, the, uh, the Magnum Renault is probably the coolest, the baddest, I out there ever right? right they race the I, things because,
3: in Europe. The cabovers,
0: it's it's awesome. I, I know yeah, because you know they, they have such limitations of length, and it's like you're limited to the certain length, so you have to occupy most of it for give it most of it to the cargo area, and that's why they don't have the conventional trucks. They have a cabovers, and so they go tall and high versus uh, you know have a engine in front.
3: So when you look at the whole, I mean, Hot Wheels has this huge history, right? Just. Uh, decades and decades and decades do you have a favorite casting when you look back and you look at everything that they've done is there one that really jumps out to you as the one
0: if you guys would put yourself in my shoes it's um this this, this question always comes up and frankly uh, it, I, I it's it's kind of like a kid in the in the toy store you you walk in and you're like oh, I like oh no i it like it like in a toy store <laughs> uh, <it's laughs> like, i know absolutely for me it literally changes i you know my my personal collection i i i limited only to porsches and then only to the land rovers and then you hear every so often you see another casting like oh i like it and and but i would say i do like uh the very iconic very original i mean we've done over 52 years we've done a gazillion castings and gazillion cool cars in old shape and form but i think you know, uh, for me personally, I would love to have something like, you know, uh, a twin mill, right? It's such an iconic, uh, this, this, this stood with the brand for so long, and it's it, it, it's such an iconic casting. Or, you know, uh, Larry Wood's uh, bone shaker. It's, it's just kind of like something of that nature, just like I would right. like to leave my my sort of signature. Uh, and I know it's hard because nowadays everything is like, you know, we, we have so many cool things and everything is interesting and, and fun.
3: I don't know if you know mine. This is my favorite and it's because it's the one that I remember most and my kids play with it now. But it's the it's the old Ford Woody and it was made from 80 till 2015 and it's uh it was it's called the High Raker. It's like a little woody station wagon that you can pull the wheels down in the back and it gives it a bunch of rake and it's got a little motor that sticks out on the on the top of the hood. It's usually orange with like wood paneling on the side.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we all have this, this, you know, first memories, and, and it's interesting interesting uh, every time we meet someone of one of our partners, and uh, you know whether it's an executive from an Automotive Studio, and they would come in and literally nine, nine out of ten times they would come in and pull a car out of the pocket. It's like, well, this was my you know favorite thirty years ago. Um, so yes, we we all have those this castings. things. Uh, it's hard for me to tell which one was one of my first. I think it's more of a recent one. Uh, because, uh, at June, I uh, he used to bring sort of, uh, them from, from the office and, 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 you know, bring some toys for myself and kids. So it's, it's always fun. It's always fun. It's, 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 it's a literally, it's a currency. It's a, it's uh no longer a toy. It's a global currency.
3: I agree. And I, it's incredible that you're still able to do it for 99 cents, which I'll get into what else I'll get into later, but what's the design process for a new Hot Wheels concept? Let's say someone says, Hey, we need a new car. You know how mm-hmm. do you how do you pick what you're gonna do? How do you to decide if it's gonna be a fantasy car or a real car? And then what's the what's the the process from picking the car and getting the concept done and ready to go to
0: casting? So typically we have, uh, well, we do 50 new tools every year, so 50 new castings, licensed and hadbus originals, and so there is a, there is a ratio of licensed and hadbus originals. And if we choose to license the vehicle, um, so we obviously look into what the contractual obligations and, and also we look into what are the cool trends. Anything in, in, in 90s nowadays, it's, it's a big hit, right? Obviously, there is also iconic vehicles. Uh, and so the team sort of, you know, has a brainstorm session. You know, we put up, or pin up, uh, you know, cool cars from what 70s, 80s, 90s You know, 2000s, and we start choosing. You know, what? What? You know, is there a cool Porsche we haven't done, or is there anything interesting, or maybe there is something needs to be because of a variety of in our lines. We have to be mindful of new castings, new exotic cars, and also old. So we always try to balance. Obviously, you know, the old cars, the classic cars, are always favorites. You know, and 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 and, and we always lean toward it but look we gotta respect the today's automotive industry you know uh, exotics of today and then the modern cars and especially evs nowadays because it's such a phenomenon Uh, if so so we need to give it some attention and so as we start to choose in the vehicle we kind of okay cool like that's that's a cool casting that's a cool era that's how we want to do then we would, would like to give it some you know we start to experiment like what are the cool you know, Hot Wheels DNA, we need to inject that Hot Wheels DNA, because, you know, a matchbox is mostly, you know, mostly, like, a reduced vehicle. It's sort of like a, a, a you know, identical version, but scaled down. Yep. With Hot Wheels, think of it as like, we're like, okay, cool, it's, it's a SEMA, right? We're doing a vehicle for SEMA. We think, like, what would be the cool tuned version of that vehicle in our scale? And obviously, because it's a 164, so a lot of things, you know, subtle subtleties may be lost because you know it's 164s so we always have to figure out like what a good you know way to to enhance it uh uh so so we do know, and that's where the challenge comes in we you know we 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 bring a little bit of we adjust certain things you know we we might pump the standard a little bit you know we might uh, might you know the wheel wells sort of lift them up or lower the car we have to cheat it because you know if you look at a car from you know in in real life you only see two three sides and you and that's what impression you get we have to communicate that you know, we basically give you the same exact visual uh, appearance in our scale. So certain things need to be cheated and, and, and executed, just so, you know, so, so you really have the same sort of experience. And then once we chose the vehicle, we chose the idea how we're going to uh, modify it, then we st- uh, get into the um, uh, 3D. So if it's licensed product, we obviously use reference, we build the 3D, if it's a Hot Wheels original, that's more challenging because you know if you we were to do, to to design a brand new uh, a muscle car, right? Uh, well, if you look at Chrysler and Ford, probably spends four years developing the new Mustang or the, or uh, Challenger. Well, we have two weeks, and wow. so whatever they spend four four years in a team of two hundred people, hundred modelers and hundred designers and engineers, we literally have two and a half weeks. So we have to design it, execute it, and, 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 and submit it. Um, so once that design is done with the originals, obviously, it's, a, you know, we have to sketch all the views. We have to define it, define it, polish it off. Um, and then we submit it to 3D department. 3D department then ba- build the sculpt based on our sketches, just like any automotive, any product studio, except in very condensed two and a half or so weeks. Uh, from that point on, we review the models. We have our on-site uh, full-on um, uh, uh, shop that, that pretty much can execute anything. Um, and then we review the printed models, and from that point on, we ship them to the engineering, and they start developing the tooling for, for this particular model. Uh, once it goes by, then you know, we re- review the tooling uh, first shot, and then from that point on, we, we get into deco design, uh, and we once again review that deco, and from that point on, we get into the production. So, how so do you decide how process- many of them
3: you're going to make? Because I I see these ones on eBay that are just like all kinds of money because they're rare. So there's got to be different volumes of production numbers. How do you decide how many you're going to put out there? Because I, I'm, usually- I a, I'm the guy that sits there on his knees and I look up so I could see the title because <laughs> on the bottom is written what it is, and I'll sit there and I'll fiddle <clears> through all of them looking for stuff. And stu- how do you how do you make these so rare? What's the
0: Look, um, typically, you know, like uh, cars, like uh, Beach Bomber, right? The most expensive uh, Hot Wheel. uh, Those were very rare because there was a very, very low number produced, Uh, and so they're probably only few in existence. And it's what the the drives value today. uh, You know, because we have to cater to 150 markets. Uh, We, this is the global global currency, right? We have to uh, sell them across the globe. Uh, we produce uh, qu- uh, higher numbers. However, what makes them really uh, some more expensive, some less? I guess it's just popularity. You know, if you do something with a dots on the Porsche, it's always going to be more exotic, and then drive price. And if it's maybe some kind of cool collaboration, maybe it's uh, you know a, a cool Porsche that strikes with the collectors. Boom! Here it goes. It drives the volume. You know, there are some cars that do do uh, you know become uh, absolute uh, favorites, and and then they they and. And, and for, for, uh, for a while, um, you know, 10, 20 years ago, we used to do um, employee cars or holiday cars. So basically for the holiday, we would execute uh, a very low number of cars that was just, would be given to employees. Uh, those are highly desirable by uh, collectors because they're such a low numbers.
3: So what's harder, designing an actual car or the, the fantasy cars? Because you have the ones that look like real cars, and then you have ones that look like fantasy cars. And on that note, I think what's really interesting is you have, you know, my kids love the fantasy cars because <laughs> they look wild, right? They look wild. They look, uh, um, they look, you know, terrifying in some cases. Some of them are, you know, you know, like scary cars, and they really, really love the fantasy aspect of it. And then you have the real cars, and those just, you know, they look normal or whatever. Is either one of those harder to,
0: to design? they both have challenges but maybe slightly different ones uh, uh, for example with the going back to the license vehicle, you know if 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 i just scale it the uh, 911 Porsche down to 64s and leave it as is you wouldn't be attracted uh, to it as much as, as as you know if we would give our our little Hot Wheels uh, uh, dna like a little Hot Wheels touch right because um you know we have to adjust certain things we have to mimic certain things we have to fudge and fake here and there just so you get, oh, this is a lower (laughs) 911. But also limitations, yes, because, you know, hot wheels are all about performance. You know, our cars, they all need to, uh, perform you know because there is a huge part of the business that truck sets and play sets and so if you take the car the orange well, you truck saw the is, picture it, i
3: sent you today i've got all these hot ones right the hot yeah, ones, hot yeah. ones. They're, they're supposed to be heavy and fast on the track
0: i I, I know I, I, I they they look pretty old to me so so uh, you know they look pretty well uh maintained and you know kept so so yes uh but, but look, old, yes, old cars were heavier. And it's, you know, this is the question, it's like, well, how, we do, how do we stay with the $1? Um, we used to make cars, the original cars used to be uh, die-cast, die-cast, right? Obviously, for various reasons, we still have those in premium lines. We have die-cast, die-cast. But the basic, adult, basic dollar line, there is a die-cast body most of the time, and then ABS chassis, uh, or vice versa. You know, if you need to really go for performance, uh, then we, we go, tend to go with the die-cast chassis. Um, and and you know so so we're we're I don't want to say we're more plasticky but we're slightly lighter right because obviously 50 years and we still 52 years old and we still have a, a dollar toy. Um, that's incredible. So I, that's, that, I think that's that, awesome that's that's it's so accessible. challenge.
3: Yeah, it's so accessible <laughs> for everybody. Absolutely. For anybody, anybody can go in there and spend a dollar and get a car for their kid. And I think that's incredible. It's it's there there that really levels the playing field on you know giving a gift to a child and bringing happiness to them. And I think that's really cool that you guys still do that?
0: It's, it is, it is. it uh, is For me, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm not a collector. Maybe I'm boring that way. I'm not a collector. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a toy guy. But ever since I started having kids, um, you know, and, and ever ever since I em- emerged in this hot-lose uh, Mattel culture, I started seeing it from different angle, right? And so, for example, uh, for me, the very first test, I used my kids as a test, you know, test dummy, so to speak. I, I, I brought a bucket of cars from work and I empty it from, in front of my one-and-a-half-year-old girl. And, like, let's see what she chose. And guess what? She chose all premium cars because they have rubber wheels. They have, uh, you know, best deco. Uh, and, and so you look at them like, huh, good taste. And, you know, <laughs> and, 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 as a as, as Well, when as you've got your defender for a playpen, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> There's more to it than, you know. Uh, it, um, and, 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 yes, it, you know, if you... I, I, you, you, if, if I walk through the store and I go to try to choose something for my kid, look, also, you know, what makes us uh, more challenging for us, because unlike other brands, we have to cater to everyone from a three-year-old to a 93-year-old, right? Because a, a 55-year-old who's been, uh, who's been born with uh, uh, Hot Wheels uh, in his hand, now is buying one for his son or his grandson, he knows the brand. Yep. He, 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 might, he might be looking for that uh, uh, 70 Chevelle, right? And a new kid might be looking for the Tesla. So we have to literally cater for all. And then you know how many times we hear, we go through stores because we always do the checkouts. We go through stores and we hear, oh, Hot those guys. Well, how come you don't have so, so many Camaros lately? Or, well, we've done them for the last 52 years, right? Let's <laughs> give love somebody else. Or, and vice versa, like, where's JDM product? Where's not enough Porsches? No, we do actually make this Porsche. You just have to find it because... Uh, people hoarding, guys, people hoarding, you know, like, you think you would come in and say, like, oh, I see a uh, nine I'm just going to buy one. Never going to happen. You see three cool 9 you're going to get them all, right? Because <laughs> yeah. one for you, this is the most interesting thing. I, we buy them all for
3: our my, buddies. Hey, you text a picture exactly. of me. hey, there's two of these. Do you want one? Yeah, okay, grab me one. And then all of a sudden,
0: I got four of the things to give to all my buddies. The most interesting comment, and it's Okay, I have to buy three: one for myself, one for my kid, one to play. I'm like, okay, yep, cool, yep, fair. Yeah. <laughs> and and, I, and I, <laughs> I do the same. You know, we have them in in, 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 the, in the office, but I walk in the store. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just need to have it, you know, because I might give it to somebody. And yes, absolutely. It's it's um it's 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 like a currency. It's like a candy for adults. So um, and yes, and it, it, it is a challenge because. You know, we have to literally go, come up something with, you know, whimsical and funky for three-year-old, and then at the same time, something that is attracted, attractive for a teenager, and then and a, and a toy for a 30-, 40-year-old, right, that might be getting one for himself because he's got the same car in his garage. right. Um, and so, yes, those decos, you see them packaged sometimes, and you see some, something, some cool livery, and you walk by, like, you don't need it because you already have plenty of them, but that one looks cool and I, I don't <laughs> think I have one and it's only a dollar. I think I'm going to have it. Right. So yes, that's, that's sort of the mentality. So it like can
3: do. Outwork on the box is always incredible too. And I always feel like I wish the artwork, if I could buy it as a poster or yeah. have it on a shirt or something like that, where does the artwork come from? That's on the box itself.
0: Well, there is a process, right? And you can see that it always changes. Uh, are you talking about artwork on the basic, or are you talking about artwork on the premium? Because to, those are different things. You know, if you look at the premium uh, assortment, um, you know, and you can see the a uh, small assortment of five cars. There is a whole theme behind it. There is there could, there could be different artists or different uh, design directions or different artistic executions, and literally they do become almost like, uh, as you said, as a poster. Uh, there's so many ideas. It just I wish we could, you know, uh, make, you know, bring all of them to life. Um, yes, the, the the artwork is great, and the guys who work in the packaging because sometimes you know packaging might not get all the love as they deserve. But yes, the the guys are doing tremendous work, and they they really bring this uh, really cool artistic touches. And then uh, every time there's something new, or every time there is some some kind of refreshed and 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 and, and new flavor. And so yes, you, people collect for the casting and people also collect, uh, nowadays for the artwork. I'd
3: even take them as a a phone wallpaper. You know, some of these cool drawings that are on there, if they could be a phone wallpaper, I'd be all over that. So what is your one more question for you? And then i got a couple Mm of questions from our listeners. We kind of touched on this a little bit about the electric cars and what is your thoughts of the future shift away from cars as foundational Americana towards cars being more appliance oriented and self-driving. Now we talked about a little bit like you guys are making those do you think at some point there's going to be a shift away from cars as toys as things go on and on towards autonomous? Or is it always going to be like this, you know, this fantasy thing that, you know, kids are always going to want?
0: I think what what's going to happen, <clears throat> and, you know, this is a really interesting question because I did question myself because my my, my, my uh, uh, introduction to the Hot Wheels and Mattel was uh, somewhat, you know, a happy accident, right? Right. Um, I had to sort of learn a few things and 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 ask myself like how am I going to you know how this toy is going to survive to it, you know 20 years later when kids are on iPads and Zooms and everything nowadays and everything's electric and uh, virtual worlds. But in reality, look, the, we as yes, we shift into the into EVs and 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 cars may become a little bit of more of a appliance, right? Um, but what's going to make it is maybe we're going to have less you know uh gas powered vehicles but we i don't think we're going to lose the numbers of these cool um, classic vehicles they, they they they're going to become more of iconic even more uh and more desirable right they're going to be be of this rarity and let's let's speak like let's think we're talking about you know 2050 right um so at that point they're going to become even more desirable so if if electric cars take take uh, space of daily commuters then kids will still be the way they will really look at exotics today. They will look at those 1970s Chevelles and Camaras, and they will always want to have. Because imagine if everything around you is quiet, as EVs are, and then you ha- you see somebody driving this loud, obnoxiously loud outlaw 911, even though it's super slow, uh, 70s <laughs> right? It's still they will have this this really rumble that only 911s can produce. Right. Uh, some, some people say it's a bucket of bolts and nuts, but Hey, uh, uh, so, so yes, it's, it's, it's literally, it's, it, it's going to be a uh, reality is going to be uh, such a different experience. So it always will attract the kids to have that car, you know, in, 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 I don't want to say the EVs are boring, but they, they're lacking something that only that, you know, classic vehicles may bring. So I think there will always be, uh, uh an element of, 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 uh, you know, right. An interesting toy for kids to to play with.
3: So, just to give you guys an idea of how far your reach is, um, this question comes from Kash Rabanian, and he's one of our listeners from Iran. So he's got a he's a really Mm -hmm. he's a a car photographer. He's a writer. He's he's really talented. Really likes you know really loves cars. And obviously, there's a limited amount of cars there, but he's he's still really into it. And he wants to know why do all the cars have the same wheels? Well,
0: Hot Wheels. Number one, Hot Wheels, it's always about performance. As, as, as um, I have mentioned, um, we have a couple of different lines. We have a, a basic line. It's a dollar toy. We have a premium line. It's around $5. And we have RLC. That's uh, Red Line Club. Right. Those are the you know, most of the premium. Uh, and so when you talking about basic cars, because the, the, you know, the premium vehicles, they do have rubber wheels. They have a different, uh, uh, you know, whether it's steel or different style, style of, of the actual uh, wheel. But in basics, we have, a, we have a tool library, right? And then so what we do is we use the existing uh, wheel sure. library. Uh, we, don't, we don't develop a new wheel for each casting because that's uh, probably going to offset uh, and get us out of the a, a dollar uh, you know, price point. Uh, so yes, we have a tool uh, library of wheels. And then that's when we choose the casting, we choose the existing wheel from existing library. Yeah. And we always try to refresh them.
2: I'm, yeah, I was going to ask you that because there are thousands of different models or, you know, castings for the vehicles. How many different wheels are in the wheel library?
0: Uh, frankly, I wouldn't even able to tell you because over the last 50 years, you know, there are some tools that probably we, we won't be able to use because it's, they are really obsolete. But it, it is a huge wheel library. It just happens to be, you know, designers may have favorites. Uh, and so we... We come up with something new, and then we oh, let's use this wheel as much as we can. Um, but we're always looking for the refreshes. We're always looking for some 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 time to and, and you know, opportunities to to bring your wheels to 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 life.
3: Dima, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to us about something gentlemen.
0: It's, it's, it's pleasure. It's thanks for having me. I've I'm, I had absolute blast.
3: All right, take care. Thank of yourself. you.
0: Thank you, guys. Yep, Have a good one. Bye.
3: All right, so
2: th- <laughs> last question for him that I know I shouldn't ask him, but I wanted to say, how do I get your job?
3: Because <laughs> how cool is that? Yes. Well, you you grow up in uh, you grow up in Ukraine and and and, uh, <laughs> and get a good work ethic with your dad and yeah, like, become a designer and, become and a designer and work your ass off and and there you go. So next on the podcast, we've got Luca Baumstark, who is a Hot Wheels customizer. And this guy's work is incredible it really so is. this is another side of the hot wheels world matchbox world diecast world right right so what he does is he well, go ahead tell us what tell us what luke does
2: yeah he's basically a hot wheels customizer and he'll take these models and basically take them apart repaint them modify them put different wheels lower them different engines he has Paint, like it, like hand painting. i know it's ridiculous just how detail oriented and amazing these things are
3: All right, so let's call him up and see what his thoughts are on the Hot Wheels customizing process. Uh, Jay came up with a bunch of questions for him. I'm really curious to see what the process is like and uh, what goes on inside the, the guy's head with someone that's making all these
2: custom Hot Wheels. Luke Baumstark, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. Appreciate being here.
2: Absolutely. So you have a reputation as an amazing Hot Wheels customizer, and I'm curious where this all started for you.
1: A uh, flattering introduction and title. I have, you know, it's all started for me basically out of boredom and love of cars. <laughs> so it's a mix
3: of both. Yeah, that's yeah. just that's pretty much how everything starts with cars I
1: mean, i'm just exactly. bored. I'm gonna
3: take this apart that's how my 911 got from where it was then to where it is now i'm like i'm bored this needs to be this needs to change
1: yeah see i can't work with that scale right now so
2: yeah so it, when exactly did you start customizing hot wheels
1: uh, i was thinking about it i want to say roughly around eight years ago maybe around 2012 or so when i really started diving into it and spending more time than the usual
2: so have you always collected them i mean you know growing up chris and i we were just talking about how you grow up and you always have hot wheels especially as a young boy and at some point apparently you just took it further and said well i need to customize
1: these things i grew up uh, collecting them My, my dad had collected them my mom and dad bought them for me at the store we didn't have much money for any other toy that was on the shelf but they could always slide a couple bucks for a couple hot wheels so, and I, the only thing I was into was cars, from a from an early age. So I was like, perfect, that's right in our budget. And they just started collecting and collecting and collecting, and it's gone up and down over the years. But you know, since I could play with toy Hot Wheels to now, I'm still doing it, thirty years later.
2: <laughs> so uh, that brings the next question: How many Hot Wheels do you actually own at this point? Do you
1: have a count? <laughs> uh for my own sanity no i haven't had a count <laughs> but um, i've it's gone up and down over the years there was a point to where i think it was it was getting up close to around like 10,000 cars
3: wow holy
1: cow what do you keep the, all these yeah what's you... the
3: storage situation like they're tiny yeah, they're yeah, little yeah, little. yeah, yeah i know <laughs> how, okay let me ask this how many of them fit in a in a tupperware tub <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
1: No, what, have how do these, you store
3: them? What's what's the, do you, they, are they nicely uh, stored or displayed or what's the, what's the situation
1: like for 10,000 Hot Wheels? Well, it's like I said, it shrank over the years as how my living circumstances have as well. I'm um, a little bit in some storage units, a little bit. I've been able to store with, uh, you know, uh, I had my, some at my grandma's house that were just kind of like my childhood ones that I left there. And a lot of them are stored fairly nicely, but the ones that I, Cut up. I mean, they just come right out of the package and get tossed into a bucket, more or less, these days. So
2: I, I just think it's interesting. We're kind of talking about Hot Wheels as a whole cultural phenomenon, and there's this whole what I would call subculture. You have all these guys collecting them and appreciating the Hot Wheels, and then you have guys like you, and it is a whole subculture of these guys that just modify these things. And kudos to you. I mean, the detail that you go to with these things is just amazing. So. If you could tell us a little bit about your process specifically.
1: Well, there are so many talented customizers out there and it seems to be more relevant now with social media, really being able to put everything in front of you. And I guess everybody has their different process. Mine, what I love about cars is I'm a huge fan of automotive culture. I really Pride myself on um, trying to understand every aspect because you're a car guy. That's just—it's simple. You're a car guy. Some people have their own little clicks, but I'm—I've always immersed myself in different car cultures, and I try to immortalize that into my my builds personally. So, big thing for me is really capturing the detail that people put into their own cars, be it a lowrider, be it a track car, be it a you know. My process going into that, it's it really takes a while to portray exactly what I'm going for. So I have to start at the very bottom. I have to drill the cars apart. I've got to source other parts or scratch make parts since it's not really readily available. And start clean and really take out everything that makes it a toy in my eyes and try to really hone in on the details that aren't there. That's an from interesting then. point.
2: So you're you're taking it basically from being an off-the-shelf toy as it was designed to to really making it a scale model.
1: Correct. And the guys that are designing these things, they're car guys. They're they're really doing their best to capture what their imagination is taking. But you have to understand that they can't do everything they want to do with the with their budget. I mean, these things have to sell, they make profit on a dollar. <laughs>
2: It's amazing. Yeah, it's it, got to be slim. It,
1: you know, so I'm sure that they're missing out on a lot of stuff that they'd like to really do. So that's how I really got started in doing it. I was like, well, let's let's paint the headlights on this one. Let's put the different exhaust on this one since it wasn't able to be made in the manufacturing end.
2: So have you always had such an attention to detail? I'm curious what you're doing when you're not customizing these hot wheels because i personally can't imagine and chris can certainly attest to this having any sort of patience to achieve such a detailed work
3: no i would you don't <laughs> want to see me try this it, it would it's just <laughs> you, you see a bunch of disassembled would, hot actually. wheels <laughs> no i <laughs> they I'd, I'd unscrew the rivets and then i would just go
1: ah and then that would be the end of that i don't know that i could do it i'm sure a couple of my neighbors have found them in their yards from me <laughs> getting I, a little frustrated with them but When we Uh, talked earlier, you said you're a carpenter, and I think
3: that uh, your attention to detail with with custom woodworking probably plays into your level of patience with these.
1: I would imagine that has something to do with it. I've always been a pretty meticulous person, as I've noticed getting older. You don't notice it when you're a kid. You just have these little mannerisms to yourself, and you pick up on them more as you're older. You're like, oh, that that explains a lot of my childhood, (laughs) why, you (laughs) know— have this meticulous habits, but it, I guess it does take a fair amount of patience. I've grown up with a, like, my father was a carpenter, so I kind of got, I was born and raised around precision when it comes to um, building structures, and then also the finesse that goes into making something work, even if you have to massage it a certain way. And I've also done, I've had a lot of art in my Background, So it was kind of like this mixed together and cars being one of my absolute favorite things on this planet, they've all kind of molded into this melting pot and I guess custom Hot Wheels was an outlet that kind of suited all of them best.
2: So speaking of thinking of these in the vein of art, do you find yourself commissioning work at all or selling it or is it all just basically for your own enjoyment?
1: Ooh, I've tried. I've sold cars in the past. I believe I will sell some in the future. It's very difficult for me to put a price on some of these cars because I won't even pay attention. I'll put 30 hours into a car. Wow. Wow. And I'll go, Oh, I I couldn't even sell that if I wanted to. And not even money. I mean, it's not like building a real car to where things are expensive, but when you put you know your money into your tools and your paints and your supplies. Just some of these cars that I like to work with are a lot more rare than others. And getting the pieces right, and I'm like, oh wow, I sank a hundred dollars into building this.
3: Where do you get all the and different parts to put these things together?
1: Uh, let's see. Hot Wheels started back in what 1968. <laughs> so they've then they're on the market there's thousands and thousands of cars put everywhere there's other brands as well but i take pieces from any kind of car i can find that's in that scale like wheels from a certain car or um, like spoilers or exhausts or interiors seats or anything like that i'll pull them from other cars of the same scale a lot of stuff gets scratch made and with this huge innovation in 3D printing over the last couple of years, it's amazing to see what some of these guys can do with computer technology and just making a rendering and 3D printing these parts out of such a scale and detail. It's, there's a lot of outlets now to really get different bits and pieces to build these.
2: So when building a car, do you find yourself trying to model it after an existing car out there, or are these all kind of your own creation?
1: i would love to say they're my own creation but it's almost impossible these days it's my ideas are inspired from something i like i said i'm big on car nostalgia and i'll ma- find myself making vintage drag cars because i loved you know 1950s and 60s drag racing the gassers i loved uh, Trans America race cars um early Japanese imports, air-cooled Volkswagens, uh, Porsches as well, but I try try to not really model them after a certain car, but pull inspirations from everything and then make a a collective effort at my own imagination and seeing what I can put out into a little Hot Wheel car.
2: So if someone wants to do this themselves, what, what kind of tools, what kind of setup
1: do they need to get started? It's very simple. You don't have to go out there and buy automotive tools like building a real car. Uh, I've gotten by just fine with power drills, um, rotary tools like my Dremel, um, smaller scale tools, uh, jeweler saws. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those.
2: I know of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jeweler saws can be used. Uh, Needle files are great. Mm, Small pliers and there's really small hand tools. You don't need anything big and aggressive. So,
2: I'm curious if this passion for collecting and customizing Hot Wheels has also trickled
1: over into customizing actual cars. Uh, It actually started vice versa. (laughs) Um, I was driving cars before I was making custom Hot Wheels, and I've never owned a car that I hadn't modified still to this day. So, I guess it's just become easier and cheaper to do it on the smaller cars, but I, I still have a couple cars that I play with or try to anyways. So
2: what's in your garage right now? What are those?
1: Uh, well, I got daily driver is a third gen, uh, Toyota Tacoma, which has been awesome. Um, I needed something to, for work and that can get me around and also camping. And so it's, it's you know mid travel icon stage 4s 33s nice. uh, 4 by 4 locker you're your basic you know it's a what what do they call them, mall crawlers <laughs> so and then um, i also currently at the moment have a 1950 ford uh, custom deluxe tudor sedan it's a shoebox ford yep. for the layman's terms i have one that's, of those yeah, right now yeah that's now the as term well.
2: i know is the shoebox ford
1: yeah I've got one of those as well. That's uh, It's lightly modified now, and it's hopefully within the near future it gets more and more and more and more work, work on it. So we'll see.
2: Very cool. So I'm curious, what's next for you in the custom Hot Wheels hobby?
1: Ooh, uh, you know, that's a tough one. It doesn't really have a set direction. Um, as long as I can progress and also stay happy and passionate while doing it then that's a big win for me i would i mean next in the hobby is it's just that it's a hobby it's my meditation at the end of a work day um you guys said it wouldn't be the patience that actually helps me unwind i enjoy the the meticulous aspect of it but i mean eventually i would love to be doing hot wheels automotive car design as a possible profession that'd be awesome but there's other uh well you, you, you're just following up that. the guy that would be in charge
3: of that on the podcast <laughs> he was right before yes. you so <laughs> yeah i've i've
1: uh you're speaking of dimitri yes yeah yeah i've met him one time and all their whole team everything that they do it is unbelievable to see the kind of stuff that these guys put out and they they deserve every bit of kudos that's thrown their way, and these guys don't even know the half of what they really do there. It's incredible.
3: I, I kind of mentioned it when I was talking to him is I think there's this really beautiful thing about the joy that Hot Wheels can bring a little boy or a little girl for a dollar, and I think that is the, that is the coolest thing about it all is you can anytime, almost any family, when they're doing groceries or they're, or they're going to Target or whatever, you know, the kids always want to look at the toy aisle, blah, blah, blah you don't have to spend more than a dollar to make the kids happy. And I think that's an incredible feat that I can't think of any other toy or any, any other video game or action figures, Legos, which are a million dollars. It's a, it's, it's a dollar. And the kid is just as happy as anything else.
1: It's less is more simply put, it's being able to see something you're excited about and almost have that instant gratification in your hands to have this small car that can, it it started a lot. I still get that feeling when I walk into the store. I'm like, I've been looking for this car to have in my collection or to customize or this and that. I go, great, done. Check that off the list. We'll get it going. And my kid, not so much. He loves the he loves the fantasy cars, which I love because that is not is me at all. Six.
3: That's why he doesn't have any preconceived notions of what's cool yet. He just there's the <laughs> there's car. A rod, it's just cool. There's
1: a hot rod in the garage, and we go camping all the time. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. This night he's like yeah, and he goes look, Tyrannosaurus or a toaster, <laughs> I'm awesome. And I love that his brain sees that because I am so envious of that. It's pure. It's pure. It's, it's so pure. it's so pure. And I just go, you enjoy that and don't let anybody take it from you ever. <laughs> yeah, well, society
3: robs everybody of that eventually, and that's that's one of the great things about kids is they have they don't really have any preconceived notions about the world or what's cool or what's bad or anything. They just it's just goodness all the time. Uh, I think exactly. that's awesome.
1: Exactly.
2: So, Luke, uh, where can people find more about you and your work?
1: Uh, most of everything that I post and all of my work is basically through Instagram at Luke's Hot Wheels. You can find that. I have my, I try to keep it on a hashtag as well. That's Luke's Custom Diecast. Other than that, I don't have too many other media outlets. Um, I've had a few random pieces here and there. I, years back I did an article on speed hunters and that's right. where we saw your work for the, you know we looked at yeah I,
3: I commend people really to detailed. Go check that out yeah we'll link it in the show notes we'll link your instagram in the show notes so people can find you and uh awesome. yeah Luke thank well, you so flattering.
1: much of course no I really appreciate chatting with you guys and thank you for bringing in my, my little slice of this automotive world to share with you guys absolutely, absolutely. take care of yourself you, you as well take care guys yep bye That's awesome!
2: Right.
3: It is
1: so cool
2: just seeing the different facets of Hot Wheels and
3: and I, I he's really humble
2: but because the work worked. he does is it's amazing.
3: Really it's really really good, and he goes, "Oh, you could do. You could just have a little patience. Come on, man! Thirty hours? These things look amazing. There's no way I could
2: do that. I just couldn't. And I don't possess that much patience. I don't
3: possess the patience for it. But but he does, and it's cool to see what what people are really passionate about, what they can do. Yeah, you know, this guy chooses to spend his time this way, and these the results are incredible. And uh, obviously, like I said, the go check out his page or in the show notes. And we'll tag him on on Instagram and stuff as well. But For sure. really, really incredible work. And
2: um, uh, many thanks to uh, Dima as well. You know, I was saying how Luke has all of this patience that I simply do not possess. I'll tell you, and some other guys that have a ton of patience is the guys over at Oberk Car Care. These guys not only research, develop, and design all of Oberk Car Care's products, they are detailers themselves, so they know what needs to go into it. It's a Midwest manufacturer. Hold on. Here's the coolest thing about Oberk. It's made for people like us. Exactly.
3: They spent all the time and all the patience designing the product so that we could be the ones to use it. Because I'm not patient. I don't necessarily like detailing cars, but it actually using their stuff makes it somewhat enjoyable. As enjoyable as it can be. (laughs) for me (laughs) a lot of
2: people would find it very enjoyable yes they would they would yeah i have their two-step process which comes with their own buffing pads it's super simple easy and gets professional results oberk products are designed to decimate swirls holograms and oxidation on your vehicle's paint and it does certainly that and right now oberk is offering 20 percent off that's one fifth off chris of any order online with the code Overcrest. The discount code is good not only on OberkCarCare.com, but also on carsupplieswarehouse.com and detailedimage.com. All right. Many
3: thanks to everybody for hanging out with us today. We will see you guys on Friday for another news episode. And then Monday, we have a really, really great interview coming. I'm really excited for it. We'll tell you guys about it on Friday. Until then, take care of yourself.
2: All right. Bye. You said take care That's my tagline Damn t- you Chris you are- <laughs> <laughs> Adios muchachos <laughs>